You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, what's up, man? How you doing? Doc, I'm well, man. I'm well and I'm blessed, man. All is well uh, where I am. Uh, you know, I'm ready to talk football, ready to talk sports, man. RPO, full of fun. Hey, man, hold on. First of all, where are you? Because the background is different, bro. It ain't like you ain't at the crib. So where, where you be, bro? Currently, uh, I'm in St. Louis. Uh, shout out to all my St. Louisans, uh, my old stumping grounds, man. Uh, I had some business to take care of here in the city and uh, making an appearance and, uh, you know, showing some love to uh, one of the uh, one of the people that I feel like is uh, doing a lot here in the city. So I'll, I'll probably name him on another show and I'll just give him some publicity uh, for everything he's, he's currently doing here in the city. But it's my first opportunity to really be around him and to match up with him and uh, uh, collaborate on something. But you got to be back in St. Louis this weekend too, though, right? I do, man. We got that, got that Isaac Bruce Foundation Gridiron Gala that's taking place at the Four Seasons downtown St. Louis. Uh, it's going to be wonderful as always. We'll be celebrating uh, Coach Dick Vermeil. Uh, he, he got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this summer, so he'll be in there smiling from ear to ear with his coat on. More of my teammates will be in town to help celebrate, but it's an opportunity for the great fans of St. Louis, man, to really say thank you to Coach Vermeil. Uh, as far as leading us, I mean, leading that team, uh, that 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 St. Louis Rams team, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl thirty four victory. Dick Vermeil, the weeping winner—that's what I call him. Dick Vermeil, head coach, Dick Vermeil, Hall of Fame, the weeping winner. Uh, but talking about winners, man, that we in preseason NFL preseason week two. Which you know, I love paying attention to because this, this is when I was, you know, able to put in some work and show some things. But uh, a couple of people have stood out to me in NFL preseason week two, man. You know, uh, before we get into the big names, bro, I want to shout out my guy Cavante Turpin, man. 2022 NFL, I mean USFL MVP, getting a chance to try out for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's the best thing that's happened to the Cowboys so far this preseason. My man took back a punt return for a TD. And a kickoff return for a TD, man, in their game against – who the hell did they play? It don't, they won. They won the game. But Ike B, I like to see my man that's trying to make the team come in and put in that work like he's put in that work. Now, whether Dallas keeps them or not, bro, it's probably guaranteed somebody else going to pick them up, man, because uh, that's the kind of stories I like to see in this NFL preseason. So I'm pretty sure you were impressed with my young, the young Royal Turpin as well. Well, Doc, it's definitely applause-worthy, man, because, you know, a lot of civilians, you know, if we, if we were to explain what's happening here to the civilians, you know, we probably have to try to explain it three or four times over and over. But you got to consider what this young man is doing right now. Doc, he's been playing football, contact sport, excuse me, collision sport since the spring, Doc. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of football for uh, a guy to be playing. And, you know, we talk about it all the time about every time you go out on a practice field uh, where you're being recorded, uh, team is filming you, Doc, it's an interview. It's an interview opportunity. So 
you know, in the USFL, he was being interviewed by the NFL. The NFL calls, Dallas Cowboys call, offer him a position in training camp. Now he has a whole nother interview process uh, to, to, to go through. Uh, he's passing it with flying colors, Doc. He's played a lot of football. Uh, kind of reminds me of one of my former teammates, uh, Llewellyn Murphy, better known as Yo Murphy. He did the exact same thing. He was in the World Football League for a while. And from the World Football League, he came to us, went through a grueling training camp and survived and not only made the team, but made a, a contribution for us. So that's what this kid is going through right now, Doc. He's playing a tremendous amount of football. He's uh, in training camp again, moving around. Who knows the last time he's seen his family, he's probably communicating with them very, at a minimal basis, Doc, because you don't have that much time in training camp to visit loved ones. It, it's football around the clock. So um, hats off to him. And when he's getting the opportunity, Doc, he's showing up on camera, which is what you want to do. You're showing up on film. You're showing up on these uh, sports shows, uh, particularly wearing that star on your helmet, Doc. He's making his dreams come true. So he's been prepared for the opportunity. The opportunity is meeting him, and he's taking full advantage of it, Doc. Well, let me be the first one to say it's turpentine, not turpentine, turpentine. turpentine. <laughs> I see you, Cabante. Do your thing, man. Uh, some other performances that kind of impressed me, bro. You know, I just wanted to touch on real quick, man. Bills, Josh Allen, bro. I mean, the Bills, look, Josh Allen came out. He only played one series, bro. Three for three, 45 yards, one touchdown. He did what he, he did, what he did man. 42-15 over the Broncos. Bro, hey, look, man, I, I like the Chargers a lot, but to get your little first little hint of Josh Allen in the preseason, it looks like my man hadn't lost anything. Stephon Diggs came out there. Uh, 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 you got a chance to see him, but, dog, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, that dude like me. Well, Doc, he's truly an ascending player, Doc. I mean, he's, he's light years away from the guy that was drafted out of Wyoming and some some people really considered him a project but you know he had a cannon of an arm uh and you know a lot of people talk about you can't become more accurate which I disagree with but he's become more accurate as a passer and uh he brings a lot to the table he has the ability to run the football get out of the pocket when it's not there when everything breaks down he can get you some yards keep the keep the drives going he's one of those players that doc he's very hard to defense and we're seeing that he has weapons all over the football field right now, Doc, with a defensive coach, with a defensive mindset that likes to get after the opposing team's quarterback. So, Doc, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, I, you know, when you look at the AFC East right now, you know, you know, they're the cream of the crop. You know, there, there isn't really much competition uh, from that division. You know, we're waiting to see what the Miami Dolphins have. But when you talk AFC East, Buffalo Bills, and just the AFC overall, you got to mention the Buffalo Bills as one of the teams that can contended to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Now, one of those quarterbacks and one of those teams that the Buffalo Bills been facing off with the last couple of years, man, who Josh Allen uh, has been really been playing well against, man, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they beat the Washington. Damn, every time I see that now, I be wanting to say Commando, like the damn movie Commando, the Washington Commanders. Patrick Mahomes came out, bro, 12 of 19, 162 yards, two touchdowns. Now, everybody, because I, I want to see what he's going to do without Tyreek Hill. But damn, bro, he was painting the field all over the place this past weekend in preseason week two, man. Looks like they're not missing Tyreek Hill, but it is the preseason. But Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes because he made one throw kind of twisty, twisty with the quick, quick, quick wrist flip doing his Patrick Mahomes thing. So uh, you think the Chiefs still is that team in the AFC, even though Buffalo and the Chargers, I keep saying, 
are two teams you got to watch out for, man. But Patrick Mahomes almost looking like he ain't really worried about Tyreek. And it is the preseason, but Patrick <laughs> Mahomes painting the field with that thing, bro. Doc, it is the preseason, Doc. I can't get Calm too down. excited about yeah. it because, Doc, I mean, you you aren't you 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 aren't they aren't seeing much resistance from a scheming a schematic standpoint. Uh, defensive coaches taking away your best player or taking away the best thing that you do and forcing you to do something that you truly don't like to do. I mean, let's be real. Patrick Mahomes is one of those uh, next generation players. I mean, he can alter uh, the trajectory of uh, a franchise, which he is doing and has done. But at the same time, Doc, he's doing exactly what we expect him to do in preseason versus a vanilla defense and who knows, the Chiefs' offense is, is probably vanilla as well. I mean, it's a short-passing, rhythmic uh, offense, passing game right now, so he's hitting everything, and guys are catching the ball. But it's going to come a time, Doc. I'm talking week two, week three of the National Football League season, where you're going to meet some of these defensive coaches that puts up a level of resistance that could always be erased when one Tyreek Hill was in that huddle with you, man. So... Uh, when you don't have to put up with a Tyreek Hill or deal with a Tyreek Hill for a week, uh, paired with a Patrick Mahomes, Doc, it's a, it's a different level, Doc. And we're going to have to see, you know, how Patrick Mahomes deal, deals with that when it presents itself. And that's what I want Chiefs fans to realize. Don't get too happy about this preseason. See, y'all think y'all could just lose somebody like Tyreek Hill and y'all going to be good. Man, that's, that crap don't work that way. You don't lose no fastest dude in the league, somebody that put up that kind of numbers, but we still going to be all right, man. You're a damn lie, man. They don't work that way. I remember as good as the San Francisco 49ers were, bro. You remember when they just lost Dion and he went to Dallas? They changed the whole complexion of the team, man, and San Francisco had Hall of Famers. So when you lose one player, it can change the whole direction and trajectory of your team because it's a personality and it's a mindset. And that's a lot of things. That's that's one thing I, I'll think Tyreek Hill don't get credit for because not only was he good on the field, it's a mindset, it's a mentality. When you know you got to do like that in the locker room, on, on, you know, in the huddle, that gives you more confidence and you play with more confidence and you play better. So Kansas City Chiefs fans, calm y'all ass down, man. It's just preseason. Patrick Mahomes good, but he ain't got no Tyreek Hill. You can put two or three of their receivers together and there ain't no Tyreek Hill. So we'll see, but the young quarterback in Tennessee, man, Malik Willis. I've still been watching him. I want to see what he did. Hey, he's 7 of 17, 80 yards, one touchdown. He got sacked three times. Uh, he had five carries of 42 yards. Now, he did miss some throws, but you expect that from a young quarterback. But he showed athleticism. He got his first passing TD in the NFL, even though it don't count in the NFL. If people don't know that, it don't count. But he got his first passing TD in the NFL, but show some good, good things, show some not so good things, but I'm still excited about Malik Willis, man, because he shows he can extend plays. We know he can run the rock. He can move the chains with his feet. He did that, but he did make some good throws, missed some throws, as I said, but Malik Willis still continuing to show progression. And I'm impressed with the young Royal, man. Well, Doc, uh, you know, the thing about Malik Willis, uh, him being so young, a third round pick out of Liberty, uh, you know, you're bringing him in where you have an incumbent uh, quarterback that's starting. It's it, that started play, playoff game for this franchise. You know, the biggest thing I think you want to see from Malik Willis right now is, you know, let's say pocket presence. Doc. Can you teach him to do something that he didn't have when he came into your fold? Can can that quarterback coach develop this guy to to 
to to receive some other weapons so that he, he can put it into his his toolbox to be able to pull them out and use them when needed. Um, if, if, if he's okay, if he can feel a rush, does he have that internal clock when he has to get rid of the football or when it's not there down the field, can he dump it off and, uh, you know, keep drives going, get the ball into the running back's hands. And uh, you know how important those check downs are. And, and, and the biggest thing is, is he seeing the entire field? Doc? Can he see from left to right or right to left or down the middle of the field? Is he reading his keys? And things of that nature, man, that's what you want to make sure that your rookie quarterback is starting to develop. You know, if he wants to make a run at being the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, these things have to be like the back of his hand. He has to be able to read them like the back of his hand and just flow with the offense. And then he can really allow his athletic ability, his ability to throw the football down the field, his ability to break down defense, really come to the forefront when you have those things already set. And you brought up something. You ex do you expect that any time this season, man, Malik Willis takes over for Ryan Tannehill? Because I, I don't, I ain't, you know, I don't like. I mean, I ain't convinced that Ryan Tannehill can get, you know, can be that dude. Even though he got him as far as he got him last season. But yeah. do you think that's any chance Malik Willis takes over the starting quarterback position for the Tennessee Titans at any time in this 2022 season? Well, Doc, when I think about the Tennessee Titans, I think about King Henry first. Yeah. I think about the coaching staff and I think about that defense that level of defense that they play so the third thing I think about is the quarterback play and when when the, your quarterback is the third person that you think about in a franchise I don't think you have the quarterback that you need to take you to a Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl now with that job uh with, with his butt starting to get hot it doc I think it will I mean we just look at who Ryan Tannehill is uh when he came from the Dolphins when he's been with the Tennessee Titans, how he's performed when when it when it's the biggest of games, the biggest of moments, I don't think he's delivered the way he you know the Tennessee Titans expect him to deliver. So, you know, could that that job come up? Absolutely, Doc. I mean, when you go out and get a quarterback, you want to go out and get a quarterback. Uh, you know, in in the mindset of a Russell Wilson, I think you have everything in a Malik Willis that you have in a Russell uh, Russell Wilson mode to bring in, uh, don't have to pay him that much, play great defense, get some other playmakers to be play paying other people around him before you have to give this guy a contract that Tannehill possess right now. So if that can happen, I think the Tennessee Titans will be in a better place because you can really package some other guys around this guy, put some playmakers in front of him and let them make the plays for him. And he uses legs to run and throw when, it, when, when need be. So I think they're in a place if Malik Willis was to develop into that guy, like a Russell Wilson was for the Seattle Seahawks, they can be in a great place, Doc. And you brought, yeah, man, you you brought up a great point that I didn't even think about. You're right, bro. If the quarterback is the third thing you think about, he ain't that damn dude, man. So you really, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So yeah, you got a great, because you're right. Because when you think about Tennessee, you think about Derrick Henry, then you think about the defense, then you think about the quarterback. So yeah, great point, bro, because I ain't even think about that. But I think Malik Willis, We'll get that, get the reins, man. They'll be like, go ahead, because all they got to do is turn around and give it to Derrick Henry, man. Don't turn the ball over. Make good decisions. Dump offs, little short, little screen passes, crossing routes, man. You might go down the field every once in a while and let the defense play, and y'all play tough football. But they won the game. They're 1-1 one one in, uh, in the preseason. And Tampa Bay, under new head coach Todd Bowles, they're 0-2. They're 0-2 and oh for quarterback because Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady, we, we're recording this Monday, August, the hell is the date? 22nd. So they say Tom Brady is supposed, supposed to come back today. But his ass been gone for two weeks. So you're getting ready for an NFL season. I know this Tom Brady. 
I mean, so he's won seven Super Bowls. I don't know how many MVPs, whatever, five. I don't, I don't know. No, not five, but some, no, two, three. I don't know. But it's Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl winner. So he gets a certain level of leeway. But damn, Ike B, your star quarterback leaves two weeks during training camp, reported to training camp. He ain't holding out. Then I guess he said, I got to go. Personal reasons. They still haven't said why he left. He's supposed to be coming back. But Ike B, to me, that's kind of strange. And it's unconventional for your starting quarterback to just leave and bounce on your ass two weeks for two weeks during training camp when he doesn't have Gronkowski, who's gone, someone he's extremely comfortable with. Now, he got Mike Evans and a couple of other players that, you know, he's comfortable, you know, he's comfortable and he's familiar with. But to leave two weeks during training camp, Ike B, that's kind of strange and very uncon uh, unconventional to me. And, uh, to me, it leaves Todd Bowles, man, the uh, first their head coach for Tampa Bay in a, a precarious situation because, you know, all eyes going to be on his ass because he's taking over this team. Then he's a magically melanated man. So uh, they already going to be on his head anyway. And he, lo he loses his quarterback uh, for two weeks during training camp. Well, Doug, it's definitely different, man. I mean, you know, from a Todd Bowles standpoint, you know, you you don't treat everybody the same, but you treat it. You try and treat everybody as fair as you can. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, no doubt. I mean, Tom Brady has built up a lot of cachet, man, to to really make moves. Now, is this different? This is this is totally different from anything I've ever experienced um, as far as being in training camp. And you know, I see guys probably have to leave for maybe one or two days to get things situated. But you know, it, but for two weeks, Doc, may, I mean, it's been since August 11th. That's a very long time to miss a lot of training camp. And you're the leader of that offense, not only the offense, but the team. I mean, as that team goes, as you go, is as that team goes. So they're looking for just about every solution and answer to come from Tom Brady, no matter what the question is. So, you know, and, and on top of that, Doc, you got a quarterback wide receiver situation where you have to build some rhythm with these guys, man. I know Tom Brady is one of those dudes who will call everybody together in the offseason. You know what? Let's meet in Maui. Let's meet in uh, New England. Let's go somewhere and uh, toss this ball around so we can get to know each other. I can get to know uh, your rhythms, uh, how you come out of your break, when you're coming out of your break, uh, what you want, how do you want me to run this route? A lot of that happens in, in training camp as well. You have six full weeks of training camp to really develop that chemistry and he has some new guys in, in the fold. Gage is a new guy that, that probably hasn't had much work with Tom Brady. And uh, he's replacing some other guys. You have uh, uh, the one wide receiver that blew out his knee uh, uh, before in, in the playoff, uh, right before the playoff started. But you need that time to really build those relationships, Doc. And it has to happen over and over again every year. You just can't, you know, just rest on what you had last year. But that building process, that chemistry process, has to be in training camp every year, man. So to be, be gone for two weeks, Doc, I mean, you could be behind, but it, it, it is Tom Brady, and he has some work to do. He has some catching up to do. And that's the thing. You, and, and the receiver you're talking about is Chris Godwin, man. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. He's a good receiver. He's coming back. Uh, but I want, I want people to understand this. Just because a, a, a player is a great player, and y'all love them, fans, and y'all respect them, football players don't necessarily feel that way. You know, some football players will curse your favorite player out. Some football players don't like your favorite player. And I say that because I know people think Tom Brady has probably has a big – he probably has a big voice in the locker room, but having a big voice and having a, a big influence are two different things.
Having a big voice is you talking and people hear you. Having a big influence is your teammates listening to you, hearing you, and wanting to battle for you and with you and having their respect. I say that because I just saw an old clip the other day. I think it was yesterday. Man, I laughed so hard, bro. It was a Peyton Manning. And he was going off on the sideline on Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Saturday, telling Jeff Saturday, quit changing the damn plate. And he going, he's screaming at Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday basically said, man, if you don't get your ass out of my face, run the ball. Quit checking the pass all the time, bro. Because Jeff Saturday was changing the plays, apparently. And Peyton was pissed off. He was going off, man. And I forgot who the other offensive lineman uh, is. I don't know if it was Glenn. Man, he stood up to Peyton and said, man, get your ass away from down here and get back down there, bro. Calm down. Shut up. Don't tell us how to block. Don't tell us what to do. But that's a... It's good to see that because I know it works like that. But fans don't understand. Just because your favorite player is, is a superstar to y'all, he ain't necessarily no superstar to everybody on the team. They will get on their ass, bro. Well, it's, all, it's always about one band, one sound, Doc. We're all fighting for that ultimate goal to be holding that Lombardi trophy at the end of the season. And you have the ups and downs. You're going to have some arguments. You're going to have some fights. You're going to have a lot of stuff uh, behind that veil that's not privy to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it, it's maybe some fisticuffs, but at the end of the day, you know, we have the mindset that we can we can handle the situation as it presents itself, grow from it, and then move on to, to try and, and, and coop that ultimate prize, like I said, which is winning a Super Bowl. And speaking of uh, winning Super Bowls, man, uh, so what I what's, so what I ran so far, it's just the preseason, so I ain't really worried about yeah. anything, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's the preseason. Right? I, I'm just going to say that. I mean, I got to mention them because that's our squad. But it's just the preseason. But I still hadn't seen Cam Akers yet, man, and uh, Daryl Henderson. I don't know if they played. I don't think they played this weekend. I, I didn't. I haven't really looked at the stats because it's the preseason. But I know John Walford got in there. And I almost forgot that damn dude was the backup quarterback, man. We didn't really see him <laughs> last year. And that was a good thing because we don't need to see him. You don't ever need to see the backup quarterback. But uh, I'm pretty sure you ain't concerned about anything our Rams got going on so far this preseason. I don't, Doc. I think the biggest news out of the Los Angeles Rams camp was that, you know, we we just lost our overall, our, our first yes. pick of this year, the yes. third round, uh, you know, guard that we had. And, and you know, it sounds kind of like a big loss because, yeah. you know, he had started the, the two preseason games. So for him to be, you know, in the fold, in the starting lineup for the first two preseason games says a lot about, you know, who he is and what he can bring to, to the table as a player. And not only that, our our scouting unit. I mean, you bring a guy to start on an offensive line that won a Super Bowl uh, as a rookie, so that that's big. So, Doc, we'll see how that that happens. As far as the, uh, the other starters are concerned, Doc, we we just ain't gonna see them. That's just Sean McVay's mo, man. You're not gonna see that product until Thursday night when we're opening up versus the Buffalo Bills and uh, you know the Cam Makers of the world, the the Daryl the Daryl Hendersons of the world. You're just not gonna see them. So, uh, hopefully, these guys are healthy. Uh, they're making progress as far as their positions are concerned. Uh, there isn't much word coming out of uh, Los Angeles about uh, uh, the quarterback's elbow anymore. He seems to be, you know, feeling better. And uh, that's a good thing. Those are good signs. So the, sometimes when you don't hear anything, Doc, you know, you know, things are, are, are well with, with the squad. So I haven't heard much. But what you did here and that you what you did bring bring up is huge, man, losing an offensive lineman because we know we lost a couple of, during the offseason. Uh big Andrew Whitworth retired. 
he was huge for us. Then Austin Corbett leaves and go to Carolina. So uh, that offensive line, if there's any question mark on the offense, it is that offensive line. So to lose him is a big thing, man. So I hate to, uh, I hate to hear that. And, uh, and on a more serious note, Isaac, I want to get your opinion on this, man. I know what your opinion is, but it's just a sad situation, bro. Former Ram, Akib Tlaib, uh, coaching Little League in Lancaster, uh, Texas. Uh, allegedly, according to witnesses, started a fight during a youth football game. Started the fight, according to witnesses. Started the fight where his brother, Akub Tlaib, Allegedly, you know, shot and killed a youth football coach, Mike Hickman, man. They arguing, they're fighting, and uh, the, the man loses his life. Leading a family, beautiful family, bro. Loses his life. His wife and his nine-year-old son was at the game. And Akib Tlaib, in the middle of that mess, and his brother comes up and allegedly shoots and kills the man. He's arrested for it now. But, bro, this is the problem we have in Little League sports, man. It get it gets escalated too quickly. It it don't be about the the players. It be about these grown men, trash talking, wanting to win, uh, egos getting in the in the way. And Ike, man, this is one of the saddest situations I I didn't heard and seen in, in 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 recent times, man. It's it's hard, and it's frustrating and it's infuriating that this man lost his life in front of his family, in front of other young people. But anybody lose their life. At a youth football game, I well, Doc. I mean, I, I think we spoke on this on a previous episode. Yeah, we did. But um, you know, when, when you when you start to think about, you know, it, it's grown ups who go out and give of themselves to the next generation. It's mm-hmm. it's about the love of football and being willing to, you know, in your free time. A lot of times, these coaches are not being paid to coach little league sports. Man, yep. they're not. They're giving up their free time taking time away from their family. They're sacrificing to go out there to help our children to develop into not only good football players, but productive citizens, Doc. And I think we have a responsibility as elders to show the next generation behind us how to conduct yourself, Doc. We can be competitive. You know, we can talk trash because we all know that's that's part of it. It's part of who we are and, and what we do. But at the same time, Doc, it, we got we to gotta constantly realize that it's not that serious, man. It's not that big. It's not for, you know, even if it was for a Lombardi trophy, Doc, it would never escalate to that. You know what I'm saying? We, you would never have to push yourself to the point where you feel you have to put your hands on someone in a very negative way, hurt someone, take, take a, a life from a family the way this, this, this went down. And, Doc, this is a sad situation. Um, you know, I truly believe that you know, everybody involved is remorseful. Uh, they're hurt behind it as a community, as a culture, man. We're, we're hurt behind it. And uh, we don't like seeing it. Doc. I mean, I think it's just uh, enough is enough of it. It's time that we get back to who we are and, uh, you know, just just all have that one vision of being awakened, united and restored with each other so that we can go out. We can go out, and compete. And I don't care if it's a one on one basketball game, five on five or if it's a little league football game. We can go out, compete, play as hard as we can, and go home at the end of the day, Doc. That's that's just my that's just the way, my vision. That's the way I see it should be going down. Yeah, man. I, and I just wanted we did talk about it on a previous uh, show, but I wanted to revisit it because I don't want people to forget about Mike Hickman, man. Because you know, news cycles come in and cycle, and we go to something else. And just seeing pictures for the first time a couple of days ago of his wife 
and his children and his family, man. That, that, just, that just hit me, bro. Uh, Cause I'm just looking at the dude. I'm like, man, that's, that's a damn shame, man. That, that happened in that kind of situation like that. So I just want to make sure everybody uh, remembers Mike Hickman, man, and continue to pray for his family. And don't, don't forget about him. Uh, but before we get out, oh, real quickly, man, I hadn't talked to you, man. Deshaun Watson, man, they finally made a decision, 11 games, uh, $5 million fine. And my whole thing is, oh, okay, some people may say it's not enough. Some people say it's too much. You can be on either side of it, whatever. He deserved to be suspended. He's suspended. Both of us know anybody that harms uh, women deserve to be, they need to get what they get. So it is what it is on that. I get your opinion, but I want to say this first because Robert Griffin III, RG3, I don't know if you saw, dude came out and just ripped, he ripped Deshaun Watts, crushing him, crushing the NFL, yada, yada, yada. I mean, go, going off, I mean, bro, going in, which, okay, I understand that's how you feel. You're right. No one should be harming women, man. No one protects women, want to protect women no more than me and you. Cause we real, we real men, we real warriors out here. But my thing with Robert Griffin the third, and I get your opinion on you know Deshaun Watson, what you think or whatever, whatever you want to say about it. But he ripped Deshaun Watson, man, ripped the NFL. But in 2019, when Art Bryles, who was his head coach at Baylor, it was shown, bro, that he ignored women students that were coming and said, "Man, your football players are raping us." Your football players are beating us. 50, I mean, more than 50 accusations. Two of his former players been a, actually got arrested and convicted of rape. And the parents said, our Bryles knew about it, ignored it, didn't do anything about it, didn't say nothing to his players, didn't say nothing to the young women, over and over and over again. But Robert Griffin III in 2019 tweeted out all this support for Art Bryles. I know it's a sensitive sub subject, but this is family. Everybody deserves a second chance. When our <laughs> it's the height of hypocrisy. And that's me lighting RG3 ass up because you sound like a sucker, man. It's double standards. And you should be upset at this situation. But the way you came out and ripped this dude, but didn't say anything about our brows, didn't say anything at all, didn't say anything about Ben Roethlisberger, hadn't said anything about Dan Snyder, I didn't say anything about Robert Kraft. But that's what he said on that. But getting back to Deshaun Watson, the NFL uh, and the NFLPA came to an agreement, 11 games, $5 million fine. But Ike B, they're going to bring him back the same week they go to Houston to play the Texans. NFL, I'm telling you, bro, they still know how to market things and make the most monetarily out of situations. But Deshaun Watson's uh, 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 suspension being kind of uh, elevated a little bit. Uh, how you feel about that, Ike B? Well, Doc, you know, uh, first and foremost, all parties involved, man. I think it's a very sad situation. Yes. Uh, no matter no matter how it happened, uh, there were people that were probably taken advantage of. Uh, you know, from from uh, both sides, you got the women that felt like they were taken advantage of, and uh, you know, for the NFL to come with an eleven game suspension, a five million dollar fine, it's very significant. Uh, probably the largest fine in NFL history. And, uh, you know, most definitely as an NFL player, former NFL player, you don't want to wear that tag no. uh, as being on the other end of that. You know, we have other players that have been certain in similar situations. Doc, there's just some things you don't want to attach to your name, man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your name is, is, is more valuable than any kind of riches. So you want to make sure that you keep your name uh, as clean as possible, not only for your sake, 
but for your parents' sake, man, the, your parents are, are the ones that gave you the name that you wear on the back of your jersey. So when you put on the NFL jersey, you're not only representing who you are, but you're representing the people that sent you there, that trained you, that developed you, man. So, you know, 11 games, I feel like, you know, I guess both parties had to agree to it. Yeah. He had to agree to it. The fine, he had to agree to that as well. So it's settled. I guess it's settled in the, in the minds of everyone that's been a, been involved in it. <clears throat> Who knows what comes out of these last two civil suits, uh, you know, that he has to deal with as far as this whole, you know, debacle is concerned, Doc. But it's very, very disheartening uh, as far as the women that were involved in it uh, to, the, to the point where they felt like they were misused and, abu and abused. And I felt like Deshaun Watson could have done a much better job, you know, representing not only himself, but his family, our community, and the way that we, you know, protect women and treat women. Big facts, man. And I want people to also understand now he gets fined $5 million and he, you, he loses probably, I think maybe six, $700,000 worth of uh, 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 salary or something like that, or maybe a little bit more. And, and the undisclosed amount that he settled with all these other women. That was, so it's a monetary amount of, applied to that. Now he ain't just settle. They ain't just settle and say, okay, we cool. So whatever money he had to pay out for that. So he's paid a heck of a price, but if he's guilty of doing the things that he said he, he's guilty of doing, he deserves to pay a heck of a price. Uh, and I do want to ask you about the NBA, man. Le LeBron uh, uh, re-signed with the Lakers, bro. Two years, I think almost damn near 100 million. <laughs> Boy, he made about a damn near $600 million off salary in his NBA career, man. And everybody keeps talking about he holding off, hopefully, to play with his son, Bronny, which is okay. That's cool, man. But he has general generational wealth like a mug, but he's going to stay in L.A at least for two more years. I'm going to say this, though. Their ass ain't winning the championship this year or next year. I don't care what they do. You can give them four more years. The Lakers ain't winning the championship. Not with LeBron. Not right now. I think his championship times are over. But it's good for L.A. that he signed for two more years, Ike B, and he's getting another damn near 100 mil on what he already got. Hey, it is good. It is good for L.A. I mean, I, I think if I had to guess, uh, I, I don't think LeBron was ready to leave Los Angeles, man. He has a lot of business going on out there. So, you know, it's perfect for him to be there and also play basketball, you know, for an iconic uh, franchise like the Lakers. And on top of that, man, I, you know, from, from, you know, I had my ear to the ground. Uh, did the Memphis Tigers offer Bronny a scholarship? They did, Penny Hardaway. Penny. Oh, man, how, how sweet would that be, Doc? I mean, just to have you know, the, the, the son of one of the most, you know, recognizable NBA players in history that come and become a tiger. So uh, I think that would be sweet. I think it'll be a, uh, you know, another accomplishment for, for what's happening with, with Memphis athletics, man. I can see that happening. Doc. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Our, our, our brother Penny, man, said he's going to handle the recruiting uh, personally himself, no assistance because LeBron said Penny was the player he wanted to be like. Said he looked up to Jordan, but he wanted to be like Penny because Cats don't realize how tough Penny was. And let me say this before we get out of here. To everybody listening, in case you do not know, University of Memphis, South Hall. This is what we had in South Hall at one time now. That's why when any other generation of Memphis Tigers talk crap, we tell them to shut the hell up, man. Because from 90 to 93, you all can't talk what we had in South Hall. We had Isaac Bruce, the first Hall of Famer to come from the University of Memphis slash Memphis State. The first Hall of Famer, period. Professional Football Hall of Famer and Basketball Hall of Famer. All, living in South Hall, 
Penny Hardaway was also there living in South Hall and a lot of other soldiers that we can't name because we could, but y'all may not know them. A lot of other crushers in South Hall. So every other Memphis State guys, every other generation, I'm telling y'all right now, man, shut y'all ass up unless y'all keep leading them. Y'all can say what y'all want to say. Elliot Perry, say what y'all want to say. Anybody else? And Larry Finchner. Anybody else before 19 got dang uh, 80, uh, uh, what? Shut, shut the hell up. But uh, yeah, man, so people that don't know, that's what we had in South Hall at that time. Isaac Bruce, Penny Hardaway, two of the most iconic names in the history of sports. And that's what we had. That's who come from the University of Memphis, and that's what we had in South Hall. But and did you see uh, LeBron play a little bit in that pro-am in Seattle, man? They had to stop it. I because, did. Yeah. He, I he didn't went, see that. I didn't see it. He, yeah, he, went, he went out there and played a little bit, man. Some dude came on the court, tried to touch it. LeBron was like, man, basically, man, get your ass away from me, bro. Don't be putting your hands on me. That dude came on the court, tried to touch LeBron. Man, that little white kid got scared as hell because about 50 security guards immediately rushed his ass. Like, you, <laughs> you don't understand, man. It's a billionaire investment right here, man. You can't get in. Uh, you can't touch him. But it is good that he even decided to play in the program, man, for Jamal uh, Crawford, who's one of the most underrated NBA superstars ever. Dude don't get talked about a lot, Ike B. Jamal Crawford was cold as heck, wasn't he, bro? Oh, yeah. Uh, what six man award winner uh multiple times uh you know often talked about his handle yeah he plays uh former michigan wolverine uh yeah man he, he had a lot of longevity uh in the nba man so uh one of those guys that you know if you're uh, a point guard a guy who handles the rock a lot i think he's his film is some of the film that you probably want to watch and pick up some tips from him but I'm one of those, it's real, it's a pro-am, it's a damn pickup game. I don't even know why y'all were so excited. I guess y'all were excited to see those dudes there, but, like, I don't give a damn who you are. I don't need to see you. I don't want to, but that's me, though. But they were there. You know, Jason Tatum was there. Chad Holmgren almost broke his damn ankle trying to get back on defense. But anything, anything else you want to add, Ike B, before we get out of here, man? I know you probably got a lot of things to do in the in the slew. The slew today, St. Lou. No, man, we good, Doc. Great show. Um. It's starting to wrap up, Doc. I mean, I talked about this before on other shows, man. The moment you start uh, training, training camp kicks in, you have uh, certain levels. You get to low level when you first get there. You start seeing new guys. Uh, you start to mess. The offensive, defense, and special teams starts to mesh. And then that, that clock starts to tick with preseason game number one, preseason game number two. You get to preseason game number three. And then the U.S. Open starts in, in Flushing, New York, man. So you start to think about that. And, you know, by the time that 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 tournament is done, you know, it's, it's around Labor Day. And before you know it, man, you're in the thralls of the NFL season and you're playing games, you're preparing for teams. And and like I said, that level of resistance that Patrick Mahomes and other quarterbacks hasn't seen in preseason, it starts getting amped up. They start taking away what you do best double teaming your best player and making you throw into windows that you just didn't see, you know, practicing against your own guys. So it's starting to crank up right now, Doc, and you can smell it in the air. You can't smell it in the air. You can smell grass. You can smell the sweat. You can <laughs> smell, uh, but you can also uh, smell the misery and the depression that's about to come because a lot of dudes got to get cut. <laughs> you ain't never had to deal with that. I had to deal with that. So, you know, and I feel Is sorry. Is that coming up? You got dang right. It's already been happening, bro. Cats been getting cut. I know Michael Parsons just tweeted something like, man, what the hell is wrong with this, man? We, I hate this cutting stuff. This is grown, it's grown men. Let us just let us play football. Yeah, it is, bro, but you got to get down to a certain number, man. He probably had somebody. Yeah, he sat, you, he's probably had somebody he was close to, he was cool with. Yeah. Because you meet a yeah. lot of cool dudes in training camp you who do. actually can ball, and you see them get yeah. cut, and you look at <laughs> other dudes who stay, you be like, man, what the hell? But it's a business, bro. 
It hey, ain't I tell you, uh-huh. I tell you one story I remember, man. You know, uh, AC Tellison, man. He was a wide receiver, <laughs> yeah, AC. out of the University of Miami. You know, he he come in. He he had been at Minnesota, and you know, he was telling me a story about you know how training camp was going. He said the first week of training camp, you know, you meet the starters, starting wide receivers. You meet the other guys who come in just like you. They may be undrafted free agents, and you're you're hanging together uh, through the spring, through yeah. the beginning of summer. And then, Doc, you know, we call it after that second preseason game is we call it nut cutting time, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and AC goes on to say that, you know, that same guy that you've been hanging with that entire spring, that entire summer, you know, he starts questioning. He starts looking at you like, yo, bro, why are you using my tape, man? And he's like, yo, bro, I've been using your tape the whole spring. Now it's a problem. <laughs> so, so the pressure, the anxiety. All of that starts to take a toll on guys who are who are considered on the fringe, Doc. And, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate part of the business, but it is a part of the business, Doc. But, you know, and every time this, this year comes around, I always remember, man, when the Rams cut me. I knew they was about to cut me. I didn't know when they was going to bring me back. When I'm Thank God that they did. But I knew I was about to be cut. I keep saying that, bro. We were in – you probably don't remember, but I remember because the day was, was that day. Man, I was – I mean, I had a – I practice while I was balling out, not only running the rock, blocking. I had made a, like a one-handed catch on the linebacker, and Mike Marks was receiving. He was like, oh, the Memphis Tigers, Doc. You know what I mean? Just popping, propping me up. Boy, Jack Riley didn't say a word. I was like, oh, it's over with. I said, it's over. He didn't say nothing. And I think Mike Marks knew. He probably knew. But he was still giving me some shine, you know, anyway, because he would always say something to me because he was a wide receiver's coach. Uh, uh, he would always say something to me. So, bro, I left that, I left that, I left that meeting, man. I laid it because my locker was right by the door. So I just laid in front of my locker, man. I had my feet up on the thing. I was laying in the back and I would see dude constantly coming. He would come, he would look. He stepped over me a couple of, he stepped over me a couple of times. Right, 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 right. I was like, maybe I was like, no, Jack Riley didn't say nothing while Mike Morris was bragging on me. And he, I don't know if he had seen me a couple of times, but he came in there that next time and just, he, he looked down. Oh, yeah. I got Coach oh. Rowling on to see you. I said, God damn. Oh. You had left already. Man, I was so hurt. I called you. I was like, I be, man. Uh, they just cut me, bro. I was like, where you at? I think you had went to lunch or something. You was you was about to come back. I was like, no, nah, you know, they got a bus that's going to take me, take me to the hotel, take my ass right on to the crib. So luckily, right. thank God, they brought me back on the practice squad uh, until I finally was activated, man. But hey, I, I know how y'all feel, man. It's, it's a tough situation, man, because I ain't going to yeah. lie. I cried, bro. Don't don't yeah. call me soft again if you want to. I cried. No, no. Okay, thank you. Cause you know, I cried, no, no. dog. It was tough, dog. Yeah, it's the well, dog. You know, professional sports. Uh, you know, it's the elite of the elite. Yes. You know, and uh, you got a, you got a ton of people always always say and always think about. You know, let's say if the Los Angeles Rams did an open tryout, you know, for spots on the team, doc, you would have to stop it at two thousand because there would be. Yeah. 5,000 people in line wanting a tryout for popular sport in America. So, um, Doc, I, I get it because a lot of dreams end at training camp right there, their first and, and only training camp. And then you got to figure out what else you're going to do with the rest of your life, man. So I get it. I mean, you know, you can empathize with people. I've empathized with tons of people, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have gone on to successful careers like yourself. Yeah, and I, and when I told you, I saw, I heard the sadness in you. Yeah, you felt bad for your boy. I heard it yeah. in your voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it is what it is. God is good. God don't make any mistakes. But anyway, 
That's going to do it for another great episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports, all sports, because we know sports. We out. 